Hello everyone, welcome to Avoiding Entropy. I am Tumultuous, and I have had the pleasure of chatting with someone that sparked my curiosity into making all of the stuff that I have made on TikTok and this podcast. Originally, I was curious before, but he almost inspired me in a way. He does his own research and obviously lives his own life, but it was nice to talk with him and have him teach me a couple of things I haven't learned. I'm excited for you to hear this. Hopefully, you'll have as much fun as I did. My talk with Rivas Orion, a.k.a. Phantom Universe. Hello? What's good, my dude? What's up, man? Not much, bro. Just chilling. Same here. Just cracked a beer. Nice. Um, so what's going on? How are you doing? Things are going pretty good. Just, you yeah. know, same old, go to work, come home, fiddle around, do some stuff. What do you do, if you don't mind? <clears throat> I build high-precision 1911 pistols. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's, that's specific. <laughs> A little bit, yeah. <laughs> Wait, so you build precision pistols? Yeah. Uh, if you looked up uh, Accuracy X, that's okay. our website. Definitely will. Wow, that's awesome. It's pretty dope. It's not one yeah. you you hear often. Yeah, seriously. I was, <laughs> like, I build it. I was like, okay, here we go. Construction. There's like 1911 pistols. All right, shit. Cool. Yeah, we got some pretty sweet stuff. Nice. Anyway, um, you're one of the reasons um, I do what I do on this on on, on the internet anyway, because I remember watching your uh, videos and you were blowing up at the time. You were like. Um, congratulating yourself for 400k I remember yeah you had, yeah you were doing like the, the split personality thing which is awesome and I was like damn this guy's awesome <laughs> and then um, I mentioned you in like my second video I and saw then, I remember yeah, since then yeah since then I've been kind of just you know here touch and go but I've always been fascinated with the stuff that you uh, that you cover and uh, obviously you've done a ton of research on it because you have saw like the mathematics and the all that stuff. I've been at it for a while. Yeah, but we yeah, totally so, forgot to introduce ourselves the, the correct uh, way. We gotta go. Hello, my fellow life forms. That's right. Hello, everyone. My fellow <laughs> tentacles. Yeah. I am tumultuous, and I am on with Phantom Universe, aka Rivas Orion. Yeah, yeah. Um, Mr. Rivas talks about uh, ancient Egypt and all of the mysteries that are hidden within it, and he's done extensive research on all the things, and that is what we are going to talk about today. I I thought. I mean, I figured that would be a good topic to start off with anyway. Definitely. Um, so uh, tell me about when you started and how, how it all started for you, if you would. Well, when it really started to become an, a hardcore interest in the subject was back in 2015. And Joe Rogan had a guy named Randall Carlson on his podcast. And, you know, that was a while ago. So, you know, I had a completely different perspective of the world and like religion and, you know, the ancient texts and you know, just, you know, kind of an average understanding of everything. And I watched this, you know, podcast and in the span of like two and a half hours to three, I think Randall Carlson completely changed my perspective of this world. And I was like, I can't, I've got to find everything I possibly can about this. So I basically watched every single one of Randall Carlson's videos he has on the internet. I have not found one. I've not seen yet other than his new stuff. And, um, and just with like anybody, interested in this kind of topic like obviously graham hancock you know you got a whole bunch of youtube channels and you know people i would read from 
And so, you know, me being obsessed with this subject, I would, uh, I would go to work and I would sit at my bench building a gun and just listen to whatever I wanted to while I worked. Right. Day. Do that for five years and you absorb a decent amount of information. Right. Well, and, five, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, now that I'm looking back, especially at all the notes I was taking, I wish I was more organized because I had a really bad habit of just like, I have a thought. Let me just hurry up and quickly open my Google Docs and not name this document. Yeah. And with the hundreds of others I've just created. Yeah. So, needless to say, trying to go through all of my chaos and, you know, writing it all out efficiently so people would be able to comprehend it is going to take a while. Got it. So you're saying that you have a lot more info than you've put out already. Well, honestly, a lot of the info that I have put out is the majority of what I've written down. And I'm getting, right. I'm at the point now to where, you know, I have to find some, the new thing, right? You know, because all the stuff at the, when I first started on TikTok was just literally off the top of my head on the spot. I didn't have anything written down. It was just me randomly grabbing pictures off the internet and trying to figure out TikTok because I was brand new, had no idea how to, right, how, right. how to use it. And, uh, you know, evolved over time. But uh, now it's at, it's where, you know, I've hit most of the main topics that I want everybody to know about. And it's just kind of like sifting through all of the Legos to try to find that one piece for the next video, you know? So it's, it, it's a process. Let's just put it that way. Well, I mean, yeah, people have been working on this for like how many hundreds of years, I guess. Uh, it's been for a while. We call, yeah, it's called more. the great work. That's what Randall Carlson labeled it. That's he's the only person I've heard it talking about like this, this level of detail when it comes to history and architecture and mythology and all that kind of stuff. Well, I mean, like I, one of the videos that, that, that got me like really, because I've, I've always been interested about this stuff too. And I've always wondered how it was possible. Basically all the questions everyone asks and all the answers, you know, like how is it possible to build such huge structures? Why did everybody start building them at the same time? But what you said one time was, how did they carve granite to the point where it reflects the guy's like ruler or whatever he was pointing it to? The, you know, like, yeah. like, it, was just, like, it was insane. And then I mentioned, I saw another video that you said that they recreated uh, the the drilling of the holes with, um, I think it was water and uh, some sort of like, a, I guess just like an ancient drill. Yeah. Right? So like ba basically market. what they did is that they, they took this copper tube and they stuck a stick in it and then put right. this heavy weight towards the top of the stick and then the handle that's above that weight was like offset and so you would take this device and then you know hold down your granite and then put a bunch of abrasive material and like putty around it so it holds water and wow. then stick this tube on on the granite and the way they uh, you start to spin it and because the handle is offset you're able to maintain the momentum in a, in a single direction and these dudes were at were able to carve through a, like an inch or so of of rose granite which is the type of stone we find in in a lot of places in egypt and um originally before you know these guys did this experiment uh christopher dunn he's a he's an expert in precision engineering he was in egypt with a whole bunch of the people i already listened to and you know was was you know making observations and measurements of the stonework we find out there. And he, his idea is that, you know, the, the spiral that that tool makes is consistent, right? It, it just, it's one spiral. It barely ever breaks itself. And he was saying that this is evidence of 500 times more efficient technology to punch the stone because they were measuring how far apart the spirals to were, uh, were to one another, it. right? And so, and that's, you know, that was the only experiment that I thought was, or that's the only logical conclusion for me, because the Egypt, Egypt, wow, I can't talk right now. 
Egyptological model, I think I think I said that right right now, um, is that you know that uh, Mark Laner, I think is who it was, who did this experiment. I'm not positive. Anyway, they took a bow and a string. You know, like how like you make a like a primitive fire, like with a bow and a string, yeah, yeah. spin it back and forth. Well, they did, they basically did the same thing, but with a copper bit. And the problem is that sure they were able to get like a few like half an inch in or so into this stone, but it didn't create the same tooling marks at all. And so here I had this this model that the Egypt Egyptologists talk about, and this guy. So I kind of went with that guy because it made more sense. But then boom. These German dudes on YouTube, you know, showed an actual primitive way that the Egyptians were absolutely capable of doing to carve these cores into granite. That much, that many, and that like quickly, you know, I mean, because I mean, I know it took a, a, a lot, a long time to build these things, yeah. but like these things talk about sarcophagi that are like 30,000 tons. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah, that, 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 that's piece. another story, right? The sarcophagi, you know? like that entire thing and making it so polished. Yeah. But some of the. I'm not completely convinced though, because there are some core holes, like pictures I've seen, where the the bit would have to have been massive, like it like it's like eight or of eight inches to a foot across in diameter of this hole being cut out through through stone. And I'm just kind of like, I don't know if you'd be able to get away with that same method on that kind of a scale. Yeah, like come on, you know, like, and then um, what was the other thing I was gonna say? Oh, the hinges. Like the, um, I remember I either saw it on on the on the History Channel or maybe it was TikTok. I get everything confused these days, but like it was like these massive doors with these massive hinges that were perfect, and then the the stacking of the rocks the way they did, like the the way they built, like the offset rocks, but they were perfectly fit together. Mm-hmm. Um, then they have that in I think it was Scotland or Ireland, and then they you know that's it's just it's just unfathomable to me how how many people must must it have taken to do it the way everyone thinks that they were, they were done. You know, like it's just, it just doesn't add up. Something doesn't add up. And then forget about, forget about like the fact that the, the Great Pyramid of Giza, or I don't know if it's a great one. One of them has eight sides, Great right? Pyramid, yeah. Right, and then the, the 42,000, which is like the, the circumference of the earth, the speed of light is all measured. 43,200, yeah. Yes, right, exactly, sorry. That's no, all good. Um, so like, it's just, and, you know, they're perfectly aligned with the stars of Orion. I was just watching this thing on YouTube earlier, and this guy was boring me to death because of his monotone voice. But he was saying that uh, he was on the he was on a live with four other people, and they were saying that pyramids, in his um, uh, theory, were power plants. Mm-hmm. And he he looked at it not as a tomb, or a, or a basically like you know where they kept the the old pharaohs or the dead pharaohs. He looked at it from a point of an engineer. And he realized that it it is very possible that they were power plants that used the Earth's energy mm-hmm. and then sent it to wherever or they gave it to the people for them to use, which is why they were able to communicate and everyone started doing it at the same mm-hmm. time. That theory is a so, lot I mean, harder to prove is the problem. You know, and the only way right. to actually prove it were to basically be to understand the Great Pyramid perfectly and try to replicate it on a smaller scale for you know a concept but then yeah obviously the main proof would be to figure out how to turn it on and one of the ideas is that you somehow reactivate the water system that used to run underneath the great pyramid gotcha. there's like a so that would be yeah there's like a tunnels or and like you know a water duct system that runs underneath basically right. the entire giza plateau and the subterranean chamber is connected to this water system and the idea is that as that water rushes underneath there the way they shaped the um the subterranean chamber it would act like a whistle and then like blow this tone through the entire structure 
Whoa, that makes sense. I mean, that would, that would, and then, but what would that do? Like the the vibrations would create the vibrations. Yeah, I mean, go watch. Actually, uh, Jimmy with Bright Insight, he was actually just in Egypt this year. Uh, he went from November to December, and he's got some great video on the inside of the Great Pyramid right now. Shout out to Jimmy on Bright Insight. Um, but, uh, but there's a part in his video where he's trying to talk to you. He's like in the king's chamber trying to talk, and you can't hear a word he says with how much. The, everybody's voices are vibrating in there, like resonating in this chamber. Yeah. And and there's there's an experiment done. If I'm correct, I could be wrong about this, but there's there's an experiment done where if you this guy took like a, a tone, and I think he put it in the king's chamber, and it, one or the other, it was either the subterranean chamber or the king's chamber, and they stand on the opposite room from from that uh, toning device. So let's say he's in the subterranean chamber. The tone is in the king's chamber. Okay. That tone would be right. amplified and it would sound like it was just sitting right next to him in the subterranean chamber. And these rooms are separated by like 300 feet of rock. So, wow. yeah. <laughs> and like somebody, like you know, to design something like this, you would have to have obviously a plan. And understanding, like, understanding of how sound vibrates too. Right, right. But like you have to draw this all up. So someone like, what, they weren't building this as they went. Like obviously no. there was a predetermined so somebody sat there or I guess floated or whatever, wherever it was, they did, they, they, they wrote it all this out. They wrote all this out, put it on a blueprint of some sort and then, you know, commanded it being built. So like that I think is, is, is the, the mystery versus the, the ununderstood part, like how, how and why they came up with this is ridiculous. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, like the Romans had, had the waterways where they, they were able to get water from, you know, miles and miles away. And then what you just said about sound, I never even knew that, but now it reminded me of the, the pyramid, I think in Machu Picchu, mm -hmm. where you clap your hands in front of it. Oh, no, 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 Machu Picchu, way... no, Machu Picchu is, uh, uh, you're thinking of um, El Castillo. Yeah, El Castillo, El Castillo or the uh, the Temple of Huitzilacatl. It sounds like a bird, right? Yeah. Right, so like, it was, I think it was in, that was the movie Apocalyptic, Apocalypto, right? Where they uh, threw the heads down the, yeah, they base it off the same type of culture, but that movie was kind of little, little, little exaggerated. <laughs> Obviously, yeah, of course. I mean, so so you clap your hands in front of this pyramid, and the the reverberations of the sound sounds like a bird that's native to that that specific region. I think, for what I remember. Yeah. So like that kind of makes me think, like, wow, you might you have definitely something to do with sound there, because like, how did they know acoustics that well? back then to build that out of rock like you said 300 feet of rock and it sounded just like mm -hmm. that's crazy mm -hmm. wow there was another thing i read the other day that was there was this kid in russia he was uh it was 1999 i think he was mm -hmm. 12 and he started talking about his past life mm -hmm. on mars and maybe everyone was like what so then he you know he's like give me a piece of paper and a pencil and, and on a whiteboard he drew the planets and he said, this is where you can't see Venus because this is blocking it. So, 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 so. And everyone's like, where are you looking at this, this, well, these planets from? He's like, well, my spaceship, of course. And they're like, what? So then he started saying things that he couldn't have possibly known as a kid in Russia, you know? So, and then what's more so, he said that the secret, the key to our civilization now is hidden behind the ear of the mm -hmm. Sphinx. Now, obviously this could all be, all be a hoax and all bullshit because half of the, the stuff on the internet is but apparently like there is something in the head of the sphinx because and i researched this like uh this has been hundreds of years also and like i count like dozens of people that tried to like pick up the project and then like, they had to scrap it because either died or they ran out of money and basically they were digging down so they figured that if the sphinx was on a podium 
now pe- pedestal, not a podium, a pedestal. Underneath would have been just like you said, chambers also that were you know undiscovered. But in the head there was a hole that was covered with sand. That one of the guys put like an iron door on top. But no, to my knowledge, no one's been inside of the Somebody head of the Sphinx yet. Oh, so have absolutely. They? they just haven't told you or I about it. Ah, well, yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, and with how long, you know, people have been down there in Egypt, you know, going through these underground chambers and uh, and apparently like it's it's like the Giza plateau is like Swiss cheese under the ground. From what I understand, just right. unbelievable amount of tunnels that nobody's allowed to go into. Um and that's a great Why? question, man. I, I, nobody nobody's really you know? answered any of those questions in a logical way for me it's like okay i mean and there's there's like for an example tannis but we're getting off we're getting off subject here um i mean yeah, go no we're not well go yeah ahead. but it's all good there's a military base with a with a whole bunch of these uh granite statues and pillars and a bunch of you know stone where it looks like the stone had literally been blasted by really intense heat and the sand uh, from from uh, people who have gone there, uh, specifically Brian Forrester, he talks about how the sand is almost like flour. It, it's not like like normal beach sand or sand you would find in the desert. It's extremely fine, powdery sand. Like it had been like shocked and like blasted into smithereens. And uh, all of the structures, like all of the debri- like stone structures, all of it is just like debris. It looks like a junkyard of of stone, honestly, where there's no because people have been moving this stuff around for so long, but yeah that kind of place you're not allowed to go to unless you have like special permission or you or you bribe them wow. enough from what i understand right i just saw a picture of um it said could the peruvians melt rock and it looked like a, it was looked like a puzzle piece and one of the pieces was like a square missing and the other one it looked literally looked like a piece of plastic was yep. melted and folded into this and they were both like so ha- how come on give me a break it's rock for christ's sakes like how are you going to melt rock and squeeze it into another rock but that would kind of explain all of the um like the offset uh, perfect architecture like when they couldn't fit it in they just melted it and made it something like that but then right but then like like so in the end i guess i guess what i'm trying to say is like in your opinion since you've done all this research like what do you think and you know, just forget about yep. the words conspiracy theory over here, because, you know, with the COVID bill and the 180 day disclosure, I'm not really sure exactly what they're going to disclose in 180 days. Maybe they're just going to say, here's a here's what a I hope, from what Mars, I hope is you know, but like, on the day 180, there's just a UFO above the Capitol building. That's it. That's exactly <laughs> what I was thinking, too, man. Like, it just it, it doesn't even come up. It just they, they just uncloak themselves and they drive. Holy shit. Like the whole all the sky yeah. is covered with them, you know? Because I mean, I've read Google patents about about anti-gravity devices by Secretary of the Navy. So obviously, if the Navy has a patent on anti-gravity propulsion and um, what was it, uh, uh, forced oh, mass uh, inertial mass reduction devices, meaning like you could take a 90-degree turn like that Tic Tac did in the Nimitz encounters and not feel a thing inside because of whatever whatever it is that and the guy Caesar that invented all of it. Why would the Navy be putting a patent yeah. on it if it doesn't exist? Like come on you know so i mean yeah that's what i'm hoping too but like what do you think what do you think it was? do you think it was you know extraterrestrials that helped us build this for the gold and the whole no i i'm kind of subscribed to the idea that these beings or you know objects that we see in the sky sure they're from to our perspective they're alien but they're human 
at the same time. Because from my perspective, and you know what I believe, is that we are not the first technologically advanced race of humans to have existed on this planet. We are just the current iteration of our progression through this mayhem of, of reality. And um, during the Ice Age, humans were a global, and I would argue advanced civilization, possibly even greater than we are today. And they went through a cataclysmic event so destructive and devastating, it almost made our species go extinct like it did the mammoth. And we are the descendants right. of the survivors. So our civilization didn't start 11,000 years ago. It restarted. It restarted, almost ended, right? So, because what I heard, well, I mean, I saw this too, and this is all today, interestingly enough. Um, the the well first I heard this on Rogan they were talking about the guy that um, and you probably know maybe if you don't I don't know he deciphered the hieroglyphics of the Anunnaki quote unquote apparently and he said that they created us as beings to harvest gold for them so they could suspend gold in, in their atmosphere because their planet was about to die from global warming mm-hmm. this was in the 70s and now this is like whatever however many years later I think it was 40 10 years ago so 40 to 50 years later uh, they said that a solution for our global warming right now would be to suspend reflective particles in our atmosphere, which is like, well, what the, this guy talked about this in the seventies, like, could this, could you have been telling the truth or could you mm-hmm. actually have been deciphering this? And then I saw this like hieroglyphic of basically what it looks like a person dropping a nuclear bomb. And then it looks like a mushroom. I've, I've seen that one too. Bomb. That one is, no? I'm, if, if I don't, I think that one's is fake. That real fake. Okay, all right, good. Because I mean, like I said, you don't know what's half of it anymore. But if yeah. that was real, like, come on, <laughs> it's in your and like, not to mention like all of the um, all of the ancient things about mm-hmm. you know helmets and stuff. And then how do you depict as a person that doesn't know what an airplane is, what a spaceship looks like? You know, so that's what they were. They were just doing the best they could. But um, the cataclysmic event you're talking about, do you, do you think Atlantis was real? Like, was it there? And then they just kind of I would say that I'm like up a little bit, seventy to eighty percent sure, Atlantis existed. And um, could be wrong. Right. I'm, you know, who, who knows? I could be wrong. But I mean, for for I mean, for Plato to know, like, to give right. the date for the ending of the last ice age when all the glacial ice melted, raising ocean levels by 400 feet, for him to be able to, ex- to put an exact date on that event, and it'd be a world-ending flood, is just kind of come on, guys. <laughs> like, can, 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 yeah. Well, he, he gave too, the dimensions and description of, of like the architecture and, you know, everything and what, what it looked like. And, um, you know, who knows how accurate those are? I mean, so far, he, he got a really important number correct already. So maybe we shouldn't be so um, stingy right. about it. Uh, but, Skeptical, you know, yeah. but what's interesting is that the dimensions he does give of uh, the widest ring of the island of Atlantis to be 127 stadia. 120 i think it was 127 stadia uh which translates to 14 miles the recot structure out in mauritania in africa on the west coast of, of the continent mm-hmm. ha- has this remarkable resemblance to what he describes in the widest ring of the center of the formation is 14 miles across and you know there's massive water streaks running through the desert where this thing is located and you know evidence of uh, marine fossils in the area as well you know, can we can we like get a team to actually go, actually go investigate this and like dig in the in the sand? The problem is that the part of Africa where it's at is extremely, extremely, extremely remote, and very dangerous to go to. 
uh, I mean, not only do you have to deal with the heat and, you know, nature, but there's also people there. And some of the people are not friendly. Yeah. Of guns. Yeah. Yeah. I remember. I know. Um, what was I going to, uh, I don't remember. Oh yeah. Atlantis. So like back, well, Plato, Aristotle, all those guys, they, like you said, he got a lot of stuff correct. We're still following some of the stuff that they yeah. started. Like, you know what I mean? Like the whole, with astrology and I mean, obviously we've gone, we've come, come a long way, but the fact of the matter is they say that we don't have tools now to build the pyramids. Like if we were to all, all of a sudden we got the map and then we can't use the ones that's there. Let, we, we need to build a new one. Could we build another great pyramid of Giza? Well, we don't even know how they built the is. current one. Um, so we would have to come up <laughs> with our own method and we would probably get it wrong the first time, maybe even the second time. Maybe the third time, and by then, the amount of resources we've used just to stack stone has probably sent the entire planet into some kind of recession. <laughs> like, so where where did they get all of the stone for the pyramids? Was it wasn't just lying around? They picked it up and took a bunch of logs and some oxen and well, mush, what the, mushed it over. What the right? current model is officially is that they they quarried the limestone basically right there on the Giza plateau. There's there's limestone quarries that we find there in Giza and parts of Cairo, um, and the granite they say came from Aswan, which is 500 miles away. Um, not only you know building this but also building a whole bunch of other stuff going on in Egypt and um, but one of the most current you know ideas floating around uh, there's this documentary called Great Pyramid K 2019 where they give they give an explanation on that they made the limestone out of concrete this ancient type of concrete so they were pouring and, and casting the blocks in place instead of quarrying moving and setting and uh, yeah, that would absolutely be the easier way to do that. Um, and the, and the thing that I'm still skeptical, really skeptical about, is that you know you can't you can't uh, turn granite into concrete. So the granite has to actually come from the ground. And they're saying that they they took granite and they created a massive magnifying glass, like this huge lens, to reflect or like focus the sunlight into this you know piece of granite or like stones of granite to then turn it into lava essentially and then they would cast the granite that way yeah that that wait what yeah they, they apparently the, they made it out of mixing these chemicals from? together and then <laughs> boosh you have a lens and i've they they, they ex try to explain in the documentary and they yeah, okay. you know they they created this thing that looks like a lens in there but you know with the size that we're talking about like how stable that would actually be how fragile is this stuff but but my problem is that when you melt granite down you know, you, have, you take rose granite, melt it down into lava, and it solidifies. Yeah, no, it, it can do it. It can absolutely degrees, do it. Right? You, you can melt granite this way. But the problem is that you're melting all of those minerals down, and they're all mixing together again, and then they cool down, and then it's no longer granite. Your granite has to be formed deep inside right. the earth and with intense heat and pressure and and, pressure and and have a specific way to cool down to create the granite we find in the ground. And you can't just do that here by burning the granite on the surface of the earth and having it cool down in basically lukewarm temperatures. Just with a lens. I, I, I just, I'm lens, not convinced with, with that. Sun, and like... so, and you, you can't, another thing is that you cannot cast the, the granite stones of that make up the roof of the king's chamber. We're talking about an empty room. How are you supposed to? And, and the, these stones cover the full length from side to side. How are you going? What's underneath right. these stones to keep them from like 
melting melting through or like warping because it's wet. perfectly flat. <laughs> All of them are perfectly flat. Okay, I'm not I'm not convinced with that. But then then it would go on and talk about how they yeah. also uh, the Egyptians sailed across the planet and that's why we find all of this amazing stonework technology across the planets because the Egyptians were sharing their concrete and granite melting secrets. I'm like I oh yeah yeah I'm sure they I, were I, but they I, were I, with well, boats. <laughs> I would say that the Egyptians were most definitely using boats to get around the planet, um, and I think they they were far more able they could travel far further than we originally thought it was really thought that they couldn't cross massive bodies of water like the it, like it was a task to go across the red sea and even bigger to go across like the atlantic or pacific so there was no absolutely zero contact right. with you know the continents and you know there, the amount of things that are popping up towards like hey these people knew this over here and they knew the exact same thing over here it's kind of been like all right these people probably had something going on Yeah, man, how not across the ocean. Pigeon fly, you know. Well, yeah, exactly. Now, okay, so one there is one thing that the, all the pyramids or most of these structures yeah. were built along a line, right? Well, what, what I uh, I don't uh, think it has a name. What I search for is just connecting ancient sites. Just just type that in, and you'll find a bunch of pictures on Google Images. So there, it's basically it's like, like twenty nine degrees right? off from the actual equator. It's like offset, and there's 20, 21 ancient mysterious sites all in the same line, going around the planet with remarkable precision. Not all of them are megalithic work. Some of them are just you know really right. sacred places, I guess you could say, like where we find like cave art and and remarkable remarkable things. Um, but the big places like what you know like Egypt and you know basically all of what, what's in the Middle East, South America and Easter Island. They're all connected with remarkable understanding uh, understandings of celestial bodies and stars, architecture, mathematics. Like these people, like these were no joke people building these things, and they had a remarkable way of doing it, apparently. And I just don't buy into the fact that all of these people all came up with the same thing with a remarkable level of precision, and all at the same time, like suppose like basically right when civilization starts. Yeah. We have Mesopotamia immediately goes into the Egyptians. They were basically the first right. big civilizations to start up, and they already know all of this stuff. Right. And meanwhile, they're building yeah, the pyramids, fighting wars, running, building you know, crop, everything else, farming, they're you know, sailing around having the world, to live right. life in a time where you die basically at 30. Yeah. Yeah. And they discovered brain surgery yeah. and all this other stuff. It doesn't add up in my mind with the current yeah, model. And I think, you know, with all these people that claim that they, you know, that they have such a, you know, understanding of history, like with this PhD piece of paper on their wall, I'm just like, dude, you have no idea what you're talking about. Because tomorrow, somebody could turn a shovel over and just completely end everything you ever thought. I mean, I'm sure they. Oh, I'm sure they have. have like, I'm sure they have. But I also focus, believe there's absolutely you know? a lot of stuff that we haven't haven't even thought of looking for yet. Uh, yeah, of course not. Because we don't know where to look. You know. I mean, oh, how many artifacts? We're just looking. We're if just I mean, how many out. artifacts that we have found mean, so far have just been mislabeled, and they're just sitting in a museum with a collection of things they have nothing to do with? Yeah, it's true. And some guy could just walk over and push a button on it or something. It'll turn into like a... Yeah, or it's just, you know, a part knows? of something that you know? was way more complicated that looks like a pot, but it's not an actual pot. 
something like that. I don't know. Right. Well, I mean, like you said, like with the with the pyramids and the water and the sound, like I never even never even put two and two together. I just figured there's some kind of a switch or like, you know, but sure, obviously it makes sense because the thing is, is like now we're all, you know, we have electricity, we have, you know, light emitting diodes and stuff like that. Like we don't, we don't have to burn a little uh, filament anymore to get light. We have this new technology of light. We're all advanced or quote unquote advanced, but they were more, way more advanced than we are with primitive resources. So like they built these things out of stone used water and sound to make something that we don't even we can't even figure out right now you know and just the fact that it, it just seems like they were you like you said like we're not the first advanced civilization i don't think we even think we're close to what they were or whoever it was yeah. that sat and wrote these things down for them because it just seems like a like like a person that's super adaptable or a being that's super adaptable like here's water here's air what do you got it's like i can breathe and drink it's like no no no, no. check this out i'm and then you have like a a ridiculous structure that could harness the earth's yeah. energy and you know whatever when, when we talk about like a previous advanced civilization you know people immediately you think of us we're like with massive skyscrapers and stuff it's like no not necessarily sure they might have like metals and stuff because metal is not going to survive out in the out in the elements for thirteen thousand years, um, but only gold will. But uh, we we can't really assume what kind of technology they had. Like we can make like guesses and stuff like that, but nobody can nobody knows what kind of technology these people had during the ice age, if they existed. I got to put that quote in there, um, because I mean they they could have had a type of technology that would just it would just absolutely be magic to you there's no like there's no like nothing creating electricity going right. into it but they're able to make something glow yeah right i mean but like yeah, well, yeah we we can't explain it because we don't even know what it is right obviously all right so what do you what why do you think the ice age like what's your ice age that, like was it a meteor and then all of our i'm pretty confident up confident that it was a comet impact and actually it was likely actually probably a multitude of things like all, everything lined up in the worst way essentially right so you know you're already in an ice age with a massive bunch of ice you have like the the earth passes through the tail of a disintegrating comet and is hit by multiple objects from space and this happens around 13,000 years ago and we know this by the younger driest boundary layer which is the layer that separates the pleistocene from the holocene this black line in the dirt and um so and and that impact event melts a massive amount of the glacial ice at one time sort like burns 10 percent of the biomaterial on the surface of the earth all of that fresh water that is now rushing into the oceans is disrupting the currents of the time which destabilizes temperatures even further and um then the black cloud that these objects create in the sky block out the sun for a thousand years sending you into a thousand one hundred years of bitter glacial freezing called the younger dryas and then, out of nowhere, abruptly, the planet okay. comes right out of that freezing, and then it levels off into our modern warmer climate. And by the time all this was said and done, all of that ice melted. All of the glacial ice melted, and the ocean levels rose by 400 feet. Right, the, like the glass trick, yeah. the, the glass the thing you showed. I yeah, remember. that... that. You put, yeah, yeah, yeah. So everything was... It's like a big cup holding all this absolutely. ice. Absolutely. It's Obviously like, oh, well, you know... Over, and then I made that video up. because... I tell you, man, some people, it's hilarious. 
I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna rail no. on real quick. If you guys don't, I know I couldn't understand it. the concept but, between what an iceberg is and a glacier. Go back and and find that out. Because they were like, oh, when you have ice in a cup and it melts, it doesn't overflow. I'm like, oh, I like face palm. I'm like, oh, dude, please. No, it's not the same. <laughs> yeah, I get it. That's. I mean, it's true. Yeah. And then the, uh, the Noah's Ark, right, with the flood. So obviously there was something. There was more than that. There was, there was what, 10, oh, way more 10 or than 12 that, civilizations that had the way same more than depiction that. of the flood? And then the, Vi- the Vikings sent the, the oh, it wasn't uh, like the, the Raven or much later. No, we're talking like Mesopotamia, you know, ancient Indian and Hindu cultures, uh, uh, Native Americans, Mexicans, you know, Peruvians. Like the entire planet has this story of a world-destroying flood. So it would make sense that these people are talking about a real event because there's no reason for them to all come up with this at the same time. So. Right. Um, and what 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 likely is Again, the case right. is that it wasn't one flood, right? Like like we think of like with the Noah's Ark story, where it's just everything's fine, it floods, it's gone. No, it's likely that it was a progression of multiple floods, all happening basically back to back, where everything would get. Well, yeah, because right around the time, of yeah, the, another, another iceberg else, dam you know, breaks, another land formation breaks, releasing the water even more, and um, right. and so. But I mean, if, if you're just chilling at your at your house one day and a thousand foot wave several miles across comes tearing across your valley and sweeps everything underwater, it's going to appear to you as if every the entire planet went underwater. And so and then on top of that, you have the entire globe ocean levels rising by 400 feet, causing a worldwide flood. Those two things get like mixed to one another and the whole entire world was underwater. Oh, dude. I mean, just Man, imagine so if, like, our, just, just if only, the only thing to happen to us is if our ocean levels rose by 400 feet. Yeah, you're, you're screwed. It's a wrap. I mean, I'm gone. I'm on the coast. I would, I would be much, <laughs> I could, much closer I to the swim, beach but line. not that well. <laughs> um, I might be okay, though. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, if just that alone happened, I mean, imagine all, like, we're talking tens of thousands, maybe even hundreds of thousands of square miles of land just disappearing right gone new york gone florida gone a whole bunch of you know uh australia gone basically any island that existed gone and and so and then and then all that stuff just sits there for twelve thousand years and you know we've only searched eight percent of our ocean floor right that's the other thing. Yeah, we don't yeah, know no joke. crap. The blue whales but know I mean, more about you know, us. Whenever we're searching them. for the ocean, they're, they're, if you find like an ancient <laughs> structure, what are you going to do with it? Like there's no return in your investment if you're looking for, you know, ancient structures. The return comes from the ship holding all of that gold you find. So that's why all these ocean explorations have been really just searching for right. shipwrecks. Yeah. The galley. The yeah, the, the Spanish. All the gold. Everybody imagine. still is all crazy Man, about gold. gold. Everyone was crazy about gold. Well, yeah, because there's a limited supply, right? You can't make any more of it. Whatever, whatever we got is what we got, and there's less and less. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, so to speak. And they're using it in technology now. What's interesting to me is this: this whole, the guy that said this about the Anunnaki, like, so the, 
I don't know, you probably heard about this, like the Anunnaki were the these pe- beings that came down, taught us all yeah, this Zacharias stuff, the pyramids, the helped us build the pyramids with their magic, whatever. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Ah, okay, perfect. And so the, it kind of makes sense why he would say that, but the thing is, how would he have deciphered these texts and said that they needed it for their planet to, you know, for the atmosphere because of global warming? I'm sure there was evidence of global warming in the 70s, but not like there is today and like i know more i'm, I'm more about like a world war ii mm-hmm. kind of history person I, before that i don't really know much so you have to fill in the gaps for me but like i mean the the, the egyptians they were they were nuts about it they were nuts about gold everything was gold with them you know they, they painted themselves mm-hmm. in gold paint right they had like gold statues everywhere all the riches and all the pharaohs were buried this is the other thing is all the pharaohs were buried with all their riches so that they could um, yeah. I guess go into yeah. the afterlife with them. Is that was that was that the was that the idea? So then they believed obviously that they passed on and then. Well, we've never ever, we've they never found a body of anybody inside any of the pyramids. Yep. We just we just assumed that they were tombs. Huh. So yeah, they because they were. I just saw today when I was looking about all this uh, all that stuff. I saw that they. I don't know how recent it is, but they found a. A hidden chamber all the way in the uh, top of the pyramid. Maybe that was the king's chamber, but it was like this. It was a small opening that they put a robot through. Oh, gotcha! No, that was the queen's chamber. Yeah, the, 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 the northern human. shaft of the queen's chamber. They made they built this robot and stuck it through there. That went for several, like a while, into the side of the pyramid, and then ended in this doorway that they then drilled a hole through and put a little, you know, stethoscope through and looked through the through the inside. And there was another little tiny room blocked off, but the other side was another door. And on on the first door, poking out of it were copper hooks that that came out of the the stone. And we have no idea what that that's about. Right now, the explanation is that these are ceremonial shafts supposed to represent things. And I'm like, okay. It's such such, such malarkey. You know what I mean? Like. Like when I was researching the Sphinx thing, um, the guy, the the person that was like, I guess he was one of the, he was the third or the fourth um, explorer with everyone else. And all of a sudden he just starts talking about, he's like, forget about this ancient civilizations. There's nothing here. But all of a sudden he like flipped and he turned into like this, instead of being this curious explorer, all of a sudden now there's nothing to see here. Like, dude, you obviously know something and you obviously don't want anyone else to know for some reason. You're either being ordered to not be quiet by, I don't even know who, Mm-hmm. But I mean, I don't know. It's weird. I just, I just, if you like, what is your end game in all of this? Like, if you wanted to, if you could have one wish that was like reasonable, obviously, not, I want to teleport too, but like about this, the, the, the findings that you've made so far, the discoveries that you made, what would you like? I would to love for everybody to know what the younger Dryas is and understand the consequences that the planet, you know, went through, like the, the events the planet went through. And I want people to be more open-minded about how actually, how much we don't know about our own history. And, you know, and from experience talking with, you know, hundreds of people about this, you know, over the course of like two two or so years, the amount of people that when I, you know, start to explain these, you know, remarkable things to, you can just see it in their eyes. Like this, it's it's this spark of curiosity that like, I had no idea that was even a thing. And then once, once they find it, also from my experience, from my own experience personally, is, you know, once you get that spark, you can't stop. 
Yeah. You cannot stop. And so nope. if I could, if 100%. I could help spark that, I would be satisfied. Gotcha. Well, I'm, you certainly have already. I mean, I could see that for a fact. Obviously, you know, people, uh, people are infatuated with this because like you said, most people don't even, they don't realize and they don't know yep. because they're too busy doing their thing. You know what I mean? You're sitting, you're sitting there building guns, listening to this because you had a spark that started from somewhere else, you know, and hopefully that just enough of that spark goes around that people either demand or start looking or somebody with enough pull starts looking. Like you said, why can't we just go dig in Africa? Maybe somebody's mm-hmm. got enough bribe money. And, and here, so, you know, here's what the consequence of that spark would be is that people are going to start asking questions again about it. And once enough people start asking mm-hmm. the same question and the answer eventually will come out of that. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's, yeah, mm-hmm. it's inevitable. What I've heard is that uh, the people that know about how bad this planet is right now in terms of the global, um, you know, the situation is that if they said that if people knew how bad it was, there would be widespread panic. I don't know how true that is or how not true that is, but uh, I mean, I'm sure it's got to be some sort of truth to it because I mean, like you could you could tell, man, because when I, I was I've been in New York since. 91 i moved here right so i moved to america in 91 from russia and i remember it winter being winter mm-hmm. and then summer being summer like i clearly remember there being like distinct mm-hmm. you know seasons now it's all kind of like jumbled up and i'm still in the same location geographically it's that that you know but now we've got 60 degrees then the next day it's like 35 degrees then it snows then it rains then it rains then it's, you know, it's like i don't know between between the weather because they're they're obviously making um uh precipitation actually i meant to tell you this the precipitation that's called um environmental something precipitation enhancer so basically they put they do a large a large electric charge into the ground and using a pyramid structure um they send um ions charge charge ions into the atmosphere that bind mm-hmm. with aerosols to create rain so I saw this, I saw this on a website and it was like the, the company, I guess, that does this as a website. And I was like, oh, there are your pyramids. I was like, there you are. You know, they're making rain with it, but they're obviously shocking the earth with like a bunch of uh, electricity. And then they're making something go down. I mean, it's obviously not natural. They're saying it's safe, but who knows? I mean, they said smoking with cigarettes. Nothing we safe, do is you know, safe. 40 years ago or not more than 40 years ago. Exactly. Exactly. And see, I think the thing I think this to, to get out of all of this is that as advanced as I think, as we think we are, we're, we might be advanced, mm-hmm. but in the, not in the way we should be, I guess, because like the, all the, the ancients or I guess us before the planet reset itself, which is what's probably going to happen sooner rather than later again. Um, we're not going to have anything to, to talk about us. Like we like you said, you know, metal erodes, everything erodes. The pyramids are still there because they were built that way. They were built to survive like everything. What from us right now, if all the oceans rose 400 feet, what whatever would be we left built in out of stone, of the human race. Washington Monument. Which is what? The Washington yeah, Monument, I mean, maybe? Mount Rushmore. <laughs> Mount Rushmore. Uh, well, no, the Washington Monument is made up of tiny bricks. That thing would probably eventually fall over. And, uh, but yeah, yeah, definitely like the Washington Monument, uh, Hoover Dam, you know, and any structure built out of right. a durable stone is going to last for a long time if it's not effed with by future cultures. Like, for an example, the Egyptians recarving the head of the Sphinx. Right. And then the, the idiot that uh, one of the guys I was he, he, like he used dynamite to blow the hole in the head, and then he like graffitied the inside of it or something, 
but obviously it wasn't spray paint because this was a little bit uh, earlier but yeah he like painted the inside of the walls he was like a bandit with a lot of money that wanted mm. to figure out what was inside of the head of the sphinx but the sphinx was there but the sphinx was there when the egyptians got there obviously yeah like, built we don't know um i mean the, the erosion on the sphinx dates it to Great. like twelve thousand years ago and back i would argue back further and uh yeah, and then you have Gobekli Tepe showing up around eleven thousand six hundred years ago, and whoever, and it's another massive megalithic site. So we have people basically at the dawn of understanding and creating civilization, building massive megalithic stonework. I mean, people have been on this earth for what, two, almost two. Yeah, but years? I, I, I think people, it's starting to be pushed humanoids? to three hundred thousand to possibly even three hundred fifty thousand years. Ago. Yeah, and we have documents. Well, the oldest cave paintings are. 50 yeah, and that's when they say basically old, right? our cognitive thinking or... started as well. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> sure. So, so let's say so. There's there's nearly two hundred thousand or maybe more years that are mm -hmm. not documented. Nobody knows what the hell happened. It was just running us running around sleeping in caves, you yeah. know, spearing each other, sleeping mm -hmm. in caves, drawing on the walls. Right. Okay. Okay, I'll buy that for a dollar. Yeah, <laughs> and it's, it's just, you know, we're talking hundreds of thousands of years of humans doing nothing. Literally. And I I mean, yeah, okay. since when then, has a human not been inventing or creating something? Yes, exactly. I mean, 80 years ago, not 80 years, 40 years ago, the computer, the first yeah. computer was the size of a small cafe. And now it's you know, now it's the size of a you know a fifty thousandth of a human hair you know with nano with nanotech, like give me a break like it's, that's forty years that's how far we've come and I know the curve is, is is you know it's not a steady curve it's a steep steep incline because of you know how fast everything is growing, but that just goes to show where are we going to be forty years from now, if we're even going to be here forty years from now because like the way things are going I don't know you know it's just a, but back in the day, it was a you know the Earth had to pass through a comet to reset. Now it's a push of a mm -hmm. button, like one idiot pushes a nuke button, and there's seven of them in the air, and then it's a wrap. Yeah, fun time to be alive. So yeah, yeah, no, it really, really is. I'm, I'm actually like, the more I think about it, like the more I think about it that way, I'm like grateful to be alive right now. Like this is much cooler than I think like the 1920s. Although the 20s were kind of fun, but like now, like what's going to happen in the next? 10 yeah, years? we're like living in a movie right now. But uh. So the problem is, is that we are in the movie, right? <laughs> like we are the movie. Yeah. So yeah. watch what you do. Yeah. There's no pausing or resetting. Yeah, it's true. Look, we're living in a movie, but it's a movie though. You know how those things end usually, yeah. right? Like, oh man. Yes. Anyway, um, we're up to 50 minutes. So, I mean... What else? I've learned a whole ton. Now I'm gonna I'm there gonna spend go. the rest of this night researching a bunch mm -hmm. of stuff. Now, thank you for that. I appreciate it. Um, I guess. What do you got? Uh, you got anything to add? Anything to say? Final final thoughts. thoughts. Yeah, we can. You want to do this again? I'm gonna come back because now I'm gonna do a little bit more research. I have no idea gotcha. how much of it. I'm, I'm down to talk again. What I would say, if I could like have a message, to everybody is that you need to start you need to start reading the ancient stories again and actually like because it's it's not like for an example the bible don't read it because you believe it read it because of what you can learn from it because it, it's it's the con it's the record of actions our species has taken for a really freaking long time 
and it's got it's got moral truths in there and obviously there's a lot of bad stuff in there because it's a history of human and human is both evil and good true story what do you take on the book of ezekiel when he talks about four beings coming out of the cloud with lights (laughs) yeah (laughs) they had the lights faces and wings yeah i it's bizarre it's really weird but he he when he first sees it he explains it like a flame i'm pretty sure like he he sees a flame right yeah there was flames coming out of the cloud with the light of amber yeah but you know the the flame thing is what sticks with me is because you know there's so many videos i've seen well actually not not actually not really there's actually very few ones where i've seen where it just looks like it's a flickering like candle flame off in the distance of like something in the sky and you're like what what the heck is that then you have elijah and what's he taken that he doesn't die he's taken into heaven by a chariot of fire and it's like okay Mm. they didn't know what exactly that was light exactly you know i mean they didn't have so if they saw an LED, they'd be like, oh my God, it's a white flame. Yeah, or, or you, you have like know, the like wise men. Green you know, what were the wise men following at Jesus' birth? Right? Yeah, well, yeah, they're following. The, okay, let's imagine. The North Star. That of you're course. one of the wise men and you're following the North Star. <laughs> whatever star shows up in the sky, you just decide to start following it. Okay, you're following the star through the desert. Why, <laughs> first of all? And how do you know when you're going to stop? What's your destination? Because you're ne- you're never gonna know what is directly underneath That's that true. star. It's way too high in the sky. So you're gonna keep walking until you either drop dead or you give up. So whatever they were following looked like a star, but it would have to have been with inside the atmosphere for them to have known what was directly underneath it. And I don't know about you, but that sounds like a UFO. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing of this. The Virgin Bird sounds like a UFO. Yeah. You yeah, grab the gold. You grab thing. the frankincense. Yeah, so, I got the myrrh. So let's do this now. Like think of like the Virgin Birth. <laughs> You know, you have Mary visited by the angel Gabriel. Gabriel is by definition an extraterrestrial, a being not from this world. He then injects her with a genetic code to create a child. She is therefore still a virgin and is now carrying a baby with the mental capacity of a god. Oh man, you just got got the chills. That's awesome. That means it's that true. means there might be something to true it. Story. But who knows? That's crazy. That. Yeah. Well, I mean, hey, yeah. Who knows? Well, I guess we will hopefully soon. But yeah, that makes sense. I'm obviously, mm-hmm. and even Jesus, he says, "My kingdom is not of this world." Like those words are in the Bible. Like, come on, come on, guys. Well, you mean it means heaven? Yeah. Well, what do you think heaven is? It's <laughs> you know, it's in the sky. Yeah. There's and I'm not. I'm not like religious or nothing. But, I mean, <laughs> I absolutely believe there is an importance to these ancient stories. And I know they're hard to read. Trust me. And, <laughs> yeah, and, but. Oh, I know. I get it. We've, we've got to start reading them again because we've forgotten who we are. And I think that the, war, the world we're in right now is the result of that. Yes, it's because people take those stories and kind of. Or like and, and manipulate them, them and use them for needs. wrong things. Yeah, definitely. And of course, yeah. Yeah, I get it. Let's take it. Let's make a god for everything. Let's make a god of the rocks, god of the water. Nah, screw that. Let's make it one god and let's take him out of the earth, put him on the planet, and then we follow him. Like, oh my god, yeah. what are you guys doing? Read the read book. The books. Think <laughs> like, about it. Says book. it right there. It's the read the book. 
cool. I'm, I'm with that. Rivas, this has been a pleasure. I really appreciate Definitely. you uh, taking the time to chat. Um, I will, uh, like I said, I'm going to post this in a little bit. Sounds and, good, my uh, we'll, We should have another chat about this or whatever Later. you want. All right. Uh, enjoy the rest of your evening. Thanks again.